Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. Welcome back to the show this week. I say it every single week and I mean it. I am so excited to be here with you. I just want to take a moment and bless the space that you're in, wherever you are, washing dishes, in your car, in the shower, wherever it is. I just want to take a moment and say hi to your space because I'm honored to be here, honored to be here with you, and honored to be in your sacred space, wherever you are right now, which is so beautiful. Today, I'm very excited for the guest. It is Marie-Pierre. And she is a courage coach. She's the host of the podcast called Self Growth Nerds. She is on Instagram as well as the same handle. And we talked today about just making big changes in your life and, and really designing your life. She says that her dad used to say that all the time, how to design your life in the way that you want it to be. She is such an, a creative force. She is so authentic. She is so funny. And she has so much knowledge and such a wonderful craft of coaching. And she kind of coaches me during the interview, which I fucking love. I know it's selfish, but I, I do do these to be coached by all these people, to be honest. <laughs> And we talk about her career changes, how she found coaching, how she did a through hike on the Pacific Coast Trail, PCT. We talk about what she learned on the trail and how and why she loves coaching so much. We talk about purpose. We talk about how to set goals. I loved it. It flowed. It's so fun. I'm just so excited to have Marie on the show. So she feels like a soul sister. At one point, I have deja vu, which I've actually never had as a host. So I feel like she and I have had this conversation in another parallel universe, in another lifetime, in another world. Not sure where. Don't know. But it felt really lovely to connect with her. So I'm really excited for today's guest. Of course, before today's episode, as always, I want to get into my weekly check-in. And this, of course, is going to dovetail into a request that I have from you. And that is, I'm going to tell you about a recent manifestation story because I want to feature your manifestation stories on this podcast. I'm doing an upcoming episode about it and I want to hear your stories. So my most recent manifestation story is I have been using this journal from the Intelligent Change. I believe it's called intelligentchange.com. The journal is called the five minute journal and it's starting, it's a morning and evening journal. I start my day with some intentions, some gratitude, and I end my day writing down like my favorite parts of the day and what I learned. It's so simple. It's literally a gratitude journal. I love it. I think it is getting my brain in the habit of gratitude and then also in the habit of setting intentions daily and getting having those intentions met, which is really cool, which is like literally man, a daily manifestation, right? Like it's I'm making a daily manifestation list actually. So a recent manifestation that I wrote on my list for a few days was I want to have big belly laughs. And I feel like it's been a while since I've had one. Usually in the past, I did it with friends when, you know, we were have like a weekend away and we're all living in one house. Like those are the moments that I've really seen belly, big belly laughs. And I really wanted one. So I was like writing it on my journal, 
you know, wasn't forcing it, but I just really wanted to have one. And I told my coworker that I wanted to have it. And he's like, well, maybe we can get one. And we started having this conversation and, you know, it was a good laugh. I had a great time, but it wasn't like full body belly shaking laugh. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like you, you're on the verge of tears because it's so fucking funny. So I'm hanging out this weekend with a pretty new friend of mine and we've been online friends, but you know, we've started hanging out in person more, more recently, which is really exciting. And we went to a pop-up event that was nearby my house in this gorgeous plant shop. It's like a nursery nursery wine bar. It's amazing. It's beautiful. I want to have an event there. It's called Arcana. I want to do a little shout out to them so that we can make this happen. This is my new manifestation list happening right now. We're going to have a Lit AF podcast recording in Arcana. It will be so. While we're there, we we came to this event because she wanted to meet this influencer that was promoting the pop-up even though she was the influencer was not connected to the pop-up. So the influencer's name was Alexandra D. She's an amazing woodwork artist in the East Bay. She's recently wrote a book. She has amazing art. And I've never heard of her work, but I was excited that my friend was excited. And so she had arrived. We wanted to meet her. And so I went up to her and was like, it's so nice to meet you. You know, this is my friend. Tell us more about your work. Thinking that my friend would like take the conversation away from there because I just knew nothing about this artist. Like I just found out about her. And so my friend is stunned. Like she, she's like, it's like she's seen a celebrity and she does not make one sound. So I just start engaging in question mode, which is, you know, what I'm, I'm, I'm an interviewer. I'm a host, so I can do that. And I just start asking her all these questions and I didn't know anything about her work. And my friend just stayed there the whole time. And then I was kind of like, okay, I'm not sure if my friend's able to move, but this conversation's like kind of winding down. So I'm going to say goodbye and then we'll just we'll just see what my friend decides to do. And fortunately, my friend was able to un- get unstuck and say goodbye and walked away with me. And then as we were walking away, we talked about how fucking hilarious it was that she could not utter one sound. And I had like a deep fucking belly laugh about it. Like it it was like the ripple effect where you just keep laughing for like minutes afterwards. And when you think of that memory, like you immediately start laughing. Like that's how fucking funny it was. Uh, I loved it. It was so unexpected. It was with a new friend. No drugs were involved and no drinking was involved. It was just like plain, good, old fashioned fun. I fucking loved it. And I was so grateful for it. Um, and yeah, (laughs) uh, that is my manifestation story. I want to hear your manifestation stories. And I know that this story that I just told did not include like this insane coincidence, but I would love for yours to include just like that crazy, magical, wild, can't make this shit up coincidence whether you're manifesting a house, a partner, just a sign from the universe. It doesn't have to be big. It can be really small. But I want to hear your manifestation stories that include some type of crazy coincidence. Like you wanted to buy a new iPad and then you um, won some contest that gave you the exact amount of money to buy that iPad. Or you made a list with like insane characteristics for a partner and then you actually manifested that partner with like the most insane, ridiculous characteristics. That's what I want to hear. 
So if you're interested in submitting your story, these are stories are going to be featured on a future episode of Lit AF, the podcast. You have two options. You can submit a text version of your story, or you can record a voice memo and submit that via email. All the instructions to submit your story are available on sarahcohan.com forward slash manifestation story. So Sarah Cohan, S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash manifestation story. I can't wait to read your stories. I am so flipping excited. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be such a fun episode. And it's going to kick us off for um, my annual goal setting workshop, which I'm coming up with a better name for it. But that's gonna be really fun. So stay tuned for more details on that. I think that's it for my announcements and my check in. So let's get to the episode. All right. Welcome to the show, Marie. I am just so thrilled to have you here. Me too. Thank you for inviting me. So excited to meet you. Yeah, you too. This is going to be a good one. I would just like to kick it off by, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself. My name is Marie. I'm a courage coach. I'm a through hiker. I'm an artist. I'm a self-growth nerd. I mostly work with adventurous souls and I help them be their most courageous self and bring their adventures in their daily life so that they don't just have fun on the weekends and when they're on holiday, but that they feel as fulfilled from Monday to Friday. Wow. I love that. And describe to me, like, what does an adventure soul look like to you? Someone who wants to be excited and enthusiastic and who wants to lead a life that feels a bit like a quest. I love that. I want my life to look like a quest. So you're an adventure soul then. I love that. Sign me up. I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. I love, I love the work that you are doing. And I particularly love the story of how you found coaching and all of your different career changes before that. So can you walk us through like your past careers, how you found coaching and then what, what made you stick with it? Yes. Oh my God. I did so many changes in the past 10 years. And sometimes I judge myself for for that. But at the same time, they were all so meaningful to who I am today. So I started by studying television, but I never worked in television except for a summer, a very difficult summer. What'd you uh, do? But that's when, uh, what did I do? Yeah. I, I worked on a uh, on a show that summer that's called just for just for laughs and yeah. it's have you heard about it yeah it's like yeah. pranks you're pranking uh people all over town we would like set up a different prank every day is this in canada up- yes yes but okay. you can watch this show on the plane i think and yeah we would set up a prank every day and some people really hated it some people really hated being surprised on camera. And I was like uh, the assistant assistant to the assistant assistant. So I, ha- I had really jobs. esteemed position. <laughs> exactly. I had jobs like blocking a street or blocking an entrance to a mall oh and, and like blocking a street that this one woman has been driving down for 30 years every morning at 10 and so I would get some unhappy (laughs) I would have to deal with unhappy people 
So that was my experience in television. <laughs> so <laughs> I made really good friends. And that's so random. And then I went uh, abroad to London to study graphic design. I've always been an artist, but I was like, okay, let's go study graphic design. And then there I met someone and we founded a coffee truck. A mobile. It was not just a coffee truck, actually. It was a mobile coffee business. So we went to markets, to festivals. We set up in all kinds of places in the UK. We, we even went to Glastonbury, which is a big music festival in Europe. Um, so I did that. Coffee. You're selling yeah, coffee. Yeah, mobile coffee truck. And Love that. It's, it's funny now that I think of it because I was asking all the customers, how are you? <laughs> it's like I was already... <laughs> I was already... <laughs> yeah tell me how are you but it was it was in britain and many of them went not bad not bad i was like no, no let's go deep <laughs> they're like okay, <laughs> i'm good <laughs> i love that's i i didn't mind about the coffee much but i love the relationship with the customers and then i came back to canada where i'm from and i was doing graphic design freelancing as a, an illustrator, graphic designer, and it was all well and good, you know, cannot complain being paid to draw. Um, but there was something missing for me. There was like depth, some kind of depth and human connection, like you said, missing. I actually, I heard about coaching via the podcast on Fuck Your Brain. Oh yeah, Carl Lowenthal. Yes. Love her. A friend told me about her and I fell in love straight, straight away. And I think because, partially because of that podcast, I went uh, to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. No way. So I uh, went on a trip to South Africa with one of my best friends and brought a book with me called Through Hiking Will Break Your Heart. And I read about this crazy thing that you could spend six months living in the woods with like like-minded souls. And I thought this seems incredible this seems like the dream but I could never do that like mm. I've I've always seen myself as just the artsy klutz like the creative dork so I was like that nah, that's not for me but the seed like too well, it's not for you because it was like athletic or or what like what was it exactly like mm. not for me because it just seems like an athletic feat mm. and I I'm not athletic I was like really shitty in gym class and never <laughs> no one wanted to be on my team no one uh. wanted to have me on their team so I had this image of myself that I couldn't do anything that was physically hard mm. nevertheless the seed was planted when I read that book by Karen Quinn it became an obsession and I think <gasps> Kara's podcast on fuck your brain helped me see things differently mm. and start believing that maybe I could attempt what seemed impossible. Wow. So what were you learning? What was she teaching you on the podcast or or through her just courses? Like what were you learning from her that made you change that belief? She talked a lot about like, what would you do if you didn't care about what others thought? Mm. If you didn't care about failing so much? You know, all of like the, the external pressures and the, the shoulds and our conditioning like, oh, I can't do this because it's not for people like me. Like, she helped me question these kinds of thoughts mm. that seemed, like, factual in my mm -hmm. brain. 
Mm-hmm. Like I had this thought, oh, well, what if I go and I come home after two weeks? Mm. That's going to be so shameful. But she helped me question those thoughts that I, I took so seriously. Oh my God, I love that. One of her, her quotes that I'd written down was, what would you do if you were willing to feel uncomfortable? Mm. So I remember writing that down before hiking. But yeah, to go back to to your question about all the career changes is I came back from the PCT and I started doing design and illustration again. Um, but after after that big adventure, nothing was the same. And I just wanted to spend all of my days telling people they could do something impossible as well. Wow. I love that. I particularly love how each of those moments, I'm, I'm sure there's a through line with the TV job. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. Yeah, find it, please. Find it for me, yeah. please. <laughs> I mean, it's somewhere in there of like, you were probably on this set to like help tell stories <laughs> and, and sort of have connection. The connecting with customers at the at the coffee truck, I just, I just love that. And I love too that you followed your passion for for graphic design and we're kind of like living this artsy lifestyle, this artsy career and noticing that like it wasn't necessarily fulfilling you in all of the different ways. Mm -hmm. It was a really good life. Mm. I mean, I could have been happy and I was really lucky for sure. You know, I worked whenever I wanted to, I could go travel, but you don't need to be miserable to want to change your life you can have a really good life and still decide you want something different I think that's really important because we have this idea that we need to be unhappy before we make a change but no you can you can be content with your life and still think what if I could have more I love that I I that really hits home because I feel like I heard this analogy recently of like if it doesn't hurt hard enough like you don't make the change until it hurts hard enough and like we don't necessarily have to wait until it's hurting hard enough. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that. Were you already into kind of this like personal development, personal growth before you started listening to the Unfuck Your Brain or was that kind of like the road inroad for you? Oh, I was always into personal growth. I'm not sure how it started. I feel like my first person was Brené Brown. <gasps> uh the mother of it all. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of John Green as well, which he probably wouldn't say he does personal growth, but I find he does. He's Who's he? He's a uh, one of the vlog brothers. So he's an author, he's a YA author as well as a YouTuber. Wow. Who has been making videos every week with his brother Hank. And he, he has a way of thinking about life mm. that's super inspiring to me like two things like being your weird self he created this thing called nerd fighteria and it's like a club for all the, the the teenagers that feel different to come together so definitely relate to that and he also says like you want to um, to choose engagement over distraction so i always related to that like instead of just choosing entertainment, entertainment, entertainment. He's like, what do you want to create? What do you want to do with your life so that your life feels meaningful? So yeah, Brené Brown, John Green, they got me started. Mm, Love that. Great, great people to start with. And I mean, my dad, 
my dad, he's, he's always said like, you've got to design your life. How do you want to design your journey? <laughs> I love that. Has he read the book, Designing Your Life? I don't think so. I think it's just, <laughs> I, I think he's just like that. I mean, even when I, I tell him about coaching and my love for coaching, and he's like, what's that coaching? But I'm like, that's who you are. <laughs> Naturally. What does he do? What's his background? Well, now he's retired, but him and my mom had a a business my whole life. Oh, so you're entrepreneurs. Yeah. Wow. I'm having deja vu right now. This is really strange because it's the first time we've met. (laughs) It doesn't feel like it's the first time we met, though. Yeah. (laughs) It is wild. I feel like I've met your parents before and we've had this conversation before. It's very, very strange. So they were entrepreneurs. Which I think it be to be an entrepreneur, like this personal growth stuff is so, I mean, vital. I don't know how to do it without it. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think? Why do you think? It's interesting, actually, because my parents are also entrepreneurs. They ran their business out of our house. And so I was constantly watching and, you know, just soaking in this entrepreneurial lifestyle. And they don't really know how much personal growth they were actually doing. And it, it was hard to watch them do the business. Like it just seemed like such a slog. They were constantly working all the time. There was, you know, very much of a lack mentality. And yeah, so I grew up thinking like that's I don't want that. Like, I want to get a job and have benefits. Like I want someone else to pay for the health insurance. I don't want to have to worry about that. Like I'm just going to help someone else like grow their thing. Um and then of course I got the bug and then started a couple businesses. <laughs> And the more that I work on myself, the better my product is that I'm creating. And I have found a very small correlation to actually money in the bank with that as well. I'm just starting out. So it's like very much in its infancy stage. So that's what I think about like why personal growth is so important. It's just because I've seen what a difference it makes to the to lifting the like incredible, immense, can be overwhelming journey of being an entrepreneur. I relate to what you were saying about watching your parents work really, really, really hard. And I believe we can choose to be entrepreneurs and change that. Like you can be an entrepreneur and not be a workaholic. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Maybe that's our mission. I love that. I'm down. <laughs> join, me. join me on the quest to becoming, <laughs> becoming an underworked entrepreneur. <laughs> I love it. I want a quest. I'm I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll no, just- but like the quest to being a successful, happy, joyful entrepreneur who doesn't spend all of their time working. I believe that's possible, 100%. I love that. Have you found that in your business? Yeah, increasingly. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm not going to lie. I have tendencies to work a little too much because I'm so passionate. Mm. I love what I do. But I'm being careful. I'm being careful. And I see that when I'm more lighthearted about it, when I take time to rest, and when I do less... I seem to achieve better results, mm. seem to achieve more. I'm just more present, for example. That's just one example, but um, I'm just more present with my clients, mm. more fully present if, I, if I've taken the time 
to disconnect and go take a walk and watch a stupid TV show. Then when I come to them, I'm I'm not like, okay, yes, I'm ready. I'm listening. I'm like, <laughs> like your nervous system is already heightened by the time you get to them. <laughs> exactly. Like I have to be careful because I give them a better service if I'm fully rested and not spinning in my brain. I show up and I'm more grounded and I'm like ready to listen. I love it because it can go like hearing you say that about coaching. Cause I feel like when you're coaching, there's such a one-on-one connection and showing up like just so open is so important for the client. And I feel like that can be replicated in any job. I'm just saying this for anyone that's listening, like just because you're maybe not working one-on-one with someone or going in deep into like trauma and like hearing intense stories with whatever you're doing in your day-to-day job, like you can still show up (laughs) rested and, uh, and open and like, and curious. And I think that that can make such a difference in any job that anyone's doing. Oh, for sure. It's like, and how the brain's working. There's like the limbic part of our brain that I call the queen. Mm. And that's like the emotional part of our brain. And when we're, when you're feeling all emotional and triggered and nervous, it's like the, the, the queen blocks access to another part of your brain that's called the neocortex. And when you're in the neocortex, that's where you're uh, solving problems and finding creative solutions. So when you're rested and your queen is calm, like when your limbic brain is calm, you have you have access to so much more creativity. Mm. Um, you have access to your brilliance. Mm. Whereas when you're just on autopilot and reacting to everything that's going on, and your your queen is flustered, you you hit a a ceiling within yourself in terms of like your presence with others and. Mm. So yeah, it's definitely useful in all kinds of jobs. You show up completely differently, create different kinds of connections and come up with better ideas. Mm. Mm. When that queen is rested. I love that analogy. We got to keep, keep, we got to take care of our queens. Yes. Yes. And I joke about that with my partner. Like sometimes I'm just going to be like lying down thinking about positive, about, about like beautiful memories. And I'm like, I'm just calming calming down my queen just busy calming down my queen it's important (laughs) like taking a bath to calm down my queen yes yes and it's worth it it's totally worth it for sure yeah took me a few years to realize how much it was worth it and you know sometimes like you're trying to you're working on on a task and it's hard and it's not going anywhere and it's taking longer than you wanted it to take sometimes What's going to save you time is actually to like take half an hour or an hour, go take a walk, go do something that's fun. And then you come back and, and it's happened to all of us. And then it's fixed in half an hour, right? It's happened to you. Yeah. So we have to remember that. And sometimes it saves us time to take time for ourselves and our joy. Mm. Mm. It's so true. It's so true. I recently was like freaking out because I had to go in the office, but I like had an appointment later in the afternoon and I was just like, I can't go in the office today. Like it's not going to work. 
And I texted my boss like at 11 p.m. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it tomorrow. It sounds like I'm not going to be able to find like what I need for this meeting, blah, blah, blah. And he wrote back and he's like, whatever you need, like totally fine. And I woke up in the morning refreshed and I was like, we're going to the office. We can figure out this problem. And I was like, oh, if I had just waited, just knew that I needed one night's sleep to make that decision. I could have saved myself this like back and forth of like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And my boss being like, you do you. Like, it's, whatever you need, you can do that. I was like, okay, 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 okay. But I, like, I, I just forget that I need, I need that rest. I need that sleep. I need that reset in order to be making those much quicker decisions. Yeah, that reset is really important. Uh, resetting our energy, but also like, when we sleep at night, we reset our vibrations mm. or we can reset our vibrations. So if you go to bed like you did, like all flustered and anxious and worried, you can turn to a different page the next day. Like automatically. <laughs> I know you also have a esoteric side. Mm, Abraham mm -hmm. Hicks. I listen to Abraham Hicks sometimes and they say you have like 16 or 17 seconds when you first wake up. Uh, where you can have an impact on your vibration mm. and you know before all of the thoughts and worries of that day rush into your brain you can like choose mm. do you see what i mean you can set your intentions mm -hmm. in those first few seconds such a small window yeah, it's like before when your brain's still a bit fuzzy and before it, all the reality of of the day mm. or the perceived like reality reality and the perceived problems of that day before they they rush into your brain you have some time to to decide mm. is that that's the word like decide how you want to lead your day instead of reacting to everything that happens. That's huge. I love that. I'm also thinking right now, like I, <laughs> what I do in those first 16 seconds is usually go back to sleep. <laughs> well, then you have another 16 seconds again when you wake up again. <laughs> I just love the idea that in the first 16 seconds, I'm like, I'm choosing rest today. <laughs> or like if you mess up the first 16 seconds and you get all worried, you just think, oh. Oh, I'm going to go back to sleep and try again. <laughs> do over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do over my 16 seconds. I'm going to do it better the second time. <laughs> I'm like such a snoozer, so I can redo this like over and over again. This is great. <laughs> I am too. I am too. Let's be honest. Like books like the habits of the highly effective people wake up at five, jump in a cold shower. I'm like... No. One of the reasons why I love Kara Lowenthal from Unfuck Your Brain is she wakes up late and she's Fuck like, yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that. Waking up at five and sitting in an ice cold bath. <laughs> Fuck that. And I'm like, Yes, yes, it's possible to follow your dreams and wake up at <laughs> wake up late. Yes. Max, she also talks about maximalism as opposed to like minimalism is so hot right now. She's like, yeah, what about maximalism? I'm like, yes, thank you. Where have you been? <laughs> She's Speak amazing. the truth. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Let's have it all. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. 
If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing, talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week. Monthly and one-off donation options are available, and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating. If you're interested in making your financial contribution, please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Now back to this week's episode. Thank you so much. So now I want to go back to the other question I had, which was you've talked about how chasing, I don't, I don't want to, I want to phrase it well. And I want, I want you to rephrase exactly what I'm saying. So you've talked about how job changing has, um, you've been like running through your different job changes and then you really had to like turn around and kind of face yourself in order to realize what you were running from to, in order to find the career for you. So I'd love for you to just like, talk a little bit about that and what that means. I think the main thing here is realizing that it was not going to be a specific career that was going to make me happy because it's your thoughts that make you happy. Uh, So there are jobs that make it easier to have good thoughts (laughs) for sure. But at the end of the day, it's if you're hopping from one career to the next, hoping for this external thing to bring you happiness, that's where you're going to hit a wall. Um, And it's the same thing with partners. Like if you go from one partner to the other, expecting them to make you happy, you're also going to be chasing your whole life. And to me, it's about choosing the flaws you want in someone and the flaws you want in a career, as well as the fun things. Wow. What's the fun what what's like the qualities you look for in a partner? What's the qualities you look for in a career? But also be mindful that there's always going to be qualities and flaws mm. in all of your choices. But it's about how you react to those qualities and flaws. Mm. Your thoughts about them. Does that right. make sense? That it totally makes sense. I'm like Taking it in, I recently got a job and it's funny because my manif- – I was just talking last night with a friend about my manifestation list for this job and like really writing down what I wanted and what I wanted was like – I kept writing things like – I made this list like over a year ago. I kept writing things like um, a, a job where I feel safe to have boundaries and a job where I feel respected. And I was laughing when I was telling her this story because – I had to give myself those things in order to find the job that would give me those things. And I don't even know if the job is ever going to give me those things because I'm giving myself those things at such a high level that like it it almost doesn't even matter. Like it's like give me any job and I can do this now. Exactly. That is so important what you said. Your what what you get is a match of what's going on inside of you. If you respect yourself, 
you're a lot more likely to end up being in situations when you where you're respected. Mm. And if you're in a situation where you're not walking away, but most m- most importantly, you did that work on yourself. So all the options, all the places where you could have gone that they wouldn't have respected you, they they weren't even on your radar. Mm. And it's, it reminds me of a conversation I had with my, one of my clients recently. She, she uh, was saying she has no kids and no partner and she felt like people around her didn't respect her time. They just assumed that she would be free all the time because she mm. didn't have all the, the responsibilities that they did. Um, and she, she was feeling a bit frustrated at them for not understanding that she wanted to spend her time on her interests and projects and stuff. And we had this conversation about how people are going to respect your time when you respect your time. Mm. Mm. People are going to take you seriously when you take yourself seriously. It's not the other way around. It's like when you decide that your time is highly valuable, you're not going to, you're just going to say, no, I'm not available when someone asks a last minute request that you, you can be bothered. Couldn't be bothered. Then you're going to say no. Yeah. With no guilt. Cause you know, your time is important. Right. That is such a shift. So how do you help um, clients get to there? <laughs> well, it's a good question. <laughs> this is the um, thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Massive questions. The first, well, the first thing that came to mind is questioning their thoughts, choosing the thoughts they want to hold on to, and decluttering their brain from all the thoughts that that are not helping them, and spending a lot, a lot of time thinking about what they want, mm. devoid of like all the shoulds. What do you want? What lights you up? What gets you excited? What do you care about? Where is your core leading you? What brings you joy? What thinking about this so much and like taking time out of your day to dream about the life you want to lead. Wow. We're too busy. We're like, oh, this is the life I'm living right now. But it's also important, I think, not to live in the future, but to dream about where you want to be how have you seen clients figure out what they actually want? Because <laughs> we've got Instagram telling us how to live. We've got our parents telling us how to live. We've got our friends that are, you know, like for me, I'm a middle child. I've, comparison has been something around in my entire life. Like how do we, as you know, speaking to a, a born and bred people pleaser, how do we separate that? Getting curious about all the different voices inside your head all the different forces at play. And you can even see them like, sometimes I picture my brain like this big room with lots of characters in it. Oh, that's the voice. That's my mom's voice. Oh, that's where I compare myself to my sister. Oh, that's the part of me that's been socialized as a people pleaser. Seeing those different forces inside your mind and just getting curious like, oh, okay, that voice always comes back when I'm facing this kind of situation. Huh? How interesting. And then when you're, you get really good at seeing all of these different voices inside of you, connecting with your body mm. and being like, no, no, actually, what, what does this feel like? What do I 
want? Like, where am I pulled towards? And letting all the voices, like all the Instagram, your brothers and sisters, letting all of that be, like they're arguing in the big room of your mind Mm. and being like, take the elevator down to your heart while they're arguing and be like, how do we feel about this? What do we want? (laughs) I love that elevator. (laughs) I'm going to get in that elevator. (laughs) I just came up with that and I really love it too. Like, (laughs) Just be like, when you're leaving a party without no one noticing, <laughs> you guys keep talking. I'm going to retreat, go down to the basement, see how we feel. Maybe and I'll then, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll come back. Um, and then let's push, let's push the analogy further. Yeah. Uh, you go back after you've made your decision, go back into that big room and you're like, okay, everyone made up my mind. We're going that way. And then half of them are going to be like, what? No. <laughs> what is your mom going to think? What about this? What about that? Have you considered that? And you're like, decision's been taken already. <laughs> this is not a vote. We're not putting this to a vote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what comes up in you when the, when we talk about this? I love this. I love seeing, seeing and honor. The, my favorite part about it is honoring the voices. I have a tendency to be like, we're just not going to listen to you. Thank you, criticism for your input, but no, we're not doing that. Instead of honoring and listening to why they have this point of view, like they came up with this point of view to keep me safe. It it was a, a smart reaction that they have this reaction. It's not out of nowhere. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. But I can honor it without abusing it. <laughs> yeah, someone told me the other day, oh, I just tell my voices to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the most, that's the healthiest approach for your inner peace. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a strategy. It's a strategy for sure. Yeah, definitely a strategy. (laughs) Depends what result you're trying to to create. But it's like if you have a toddler who's like, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. You're not just going to ignore, like if you ignore the voice, they're not just going to go away. Mm. And you're not going to tell your toddler like, shut up. That's not going to help. You'll be like... I see you, I hear you, and you can get that sweet later today, but right now that's what we're doing. I love it. Right now we're eating breakfast. So (laughs) right now we're eating breakfast, so no, you cannot have your I don't know, what's a sweet (laughs) (laughs) candy. (laughs) Yeah, eat your oatmeal and then we'll see if you can get some candy. There it is. There it is. love that instead of being like shut up and eat your oatmeal yeah yeah which like never worked as a kid so why would i think you know why would i think that that was the way to do it but obviously there's a reason why (laughs) i thought that was the right way to deal with it that's stuff we should learn for sure oh my god absolutely absolutely which is why i'm so excited that you're doing the work that you are it's really cool I love this work. It's so cool. And how authentic and like vulnerable you do it is like really cool to watch. Thank you. Really, really cool to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I really want to talk about your experience on the PCT. Yeah. And through hiking. Can you tell us what through hiking is? Through hiking is this crazy thing where you 
hike for a long time. <laughs> it's like when you start a trail and you go to the other end of that trail. So through a through hike can last a week or it can last six months. Depends what trail you're doing. To me, through hiking is like a lifestyle. You don't even have to finish the trail. It just means you're living on the trail for a certain period of time. Everyone has a different definition, really. But to me, it's more of like a, a lifestyle that you choose for a period of time. And your home is your backpack. Mm. And you wake up, you hike all day, you spend time with your through hiker friends. Wow. And the Pacific Crest Trail, which is the trail that I did, is a 2,653 mile long trail that goes from the border of Mexico to the border of Canada, goes through California. So I walked through all of California, then Oregon and Washington. And that was a six month long walk for me, but some people do it in four months some people do it five months but i'm a slow hiker proud hell yeah <laughs> proud and slow <laughs> yes you can get very far by putting one little step in front of the other <laughs> that's amazing and what did you learn like what did you learn on the trail so many things but uh, the first thing that come to mind that comes to mind is discomfort like increased my tolerance to discomfort both emotional and physical and what happens when you do that is everything is possible you know what would you do if you were willing to feel all of the uncomfortable emotions and all the uncomfortable physical pains like what would you do it just expands the possibilities massively and I also learned to like keep going when I don't feel like it mm. Which can be like a double-edged sword because you want to listen to yourself and be able to rest. But also like sometimes you don't feel like doing something, but you do it because it's really important to you and you know why you're doing it and where you're going with this. Mm. That's such a difference. So increasing my tolerance to discomfort, lear learning to like... Push through the boredom and keep going, even if it feels like, ugh, like, <laughs> well, hiking through hiking is a metaphor for life. Like, have a clear direction, simplify the path. You can do so much in life, but not all at the same time. You have to focus your energy, focus your time, your energy, your money on one thing, or maybe not just one. It's It's very difficult for many people to constrain that way, but at least not 10. Mm. Like if you picture your reservoir, your energy as a reservoir, it, it's finite, right? So if you're working on 10 things at the same time, they get, they get one tenth of your energy. Whereas if you remove many of them, You can put more energy into something and get to where you want to be faster. And then, not just faster, it's not about speed. Right, because you're a slow hiker. Yeah, yeah, it's not about speed, but it's just, it feels more manageable. It feels lighter when you have a lot less to focus on. Everyone says, like, when they go on a hike, I felt so good because all I had to do was wake up and hike north. And it made me feel so relaxed removed so many stressors and then we go back into our real lives and we have a million things we're doing at the same time because we just think that's how 
it is, but we can declutter our schedules and declutter our goals. And you don't have to decide that you're going to work out, that you're going to write a book, that you're going to start a business, that you're all at the same time, you know? It's like when people want to grow, want to improve their lives, but they want to improve all aspects of their life all at the same time. All at once. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're tired and you're like, this is not working. Well, of course that's not working. You try to do too many things at the same time. Like, (laughs) I um, quit smoking two years ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. After I quit, I realized that, like, I felt so much shame and guilt about smoking and that was what drove me to quit. And now I'm like, eh, I could have just dealt with the shame and the guilt and kept smoking forever. But I chose to quit and I'm really glad that I did. And I really had to focus. I had to focus. It was like, this is the one thing I'm trying to achieve. This is it. We're not trying to lose weight right now. We're not trying to, (laughs) I mean, start, I was like building a business, but I wasn't like trying to build a new arm of my business at the same time. Like none of that. I got a coach to help me. I read a book about it. I got an app to help out like every single thing that I could resource myself to do it. I did. And then I bought like a crystal to like keep in my pocket to like help give me hope for moments that I was triggered and like really wanting to have a cigarette or Jewel. By the end, I was smoking Jewel. So what's that? Jewel is that it's like an electronic cigarette. Oh, okay. Like a vape pen, but but tobacco. Yeah. All the cool kids are doing it. (laughs) So I had to jump in there and (laughs) do it. But you can do it inside because it's a vape pen. And so I was just smoking all the time. Like all the time. At work, I would go into like the bathroom and just start like smoking on my vape pen, which is what high school teenagers do. So <laughs> I, it was a, it was a great time. I, I loved it, but it was time to quit. So um, <laughs> anyway, what I'm trying to say is really focused all of my efforts on that one thing. And now I am here. I am almost two years later. And I like, <sighs> I think I've had one craving this year. Like that's it. It's crazy. It's really, it's amazing what you can do when you really do put your focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. How do you think specifically with that example, how did it help you to put all of your eggs in the same basket that way? The same basket that way. It just made it so that I was successful because any moment that I would have cheated and like broke down and had one puff or one cigarette, that would have weakened my like belief that this was the path for me moving forward. And I needed to quit forever. Like I couldn't like every I've quit so many different times before this. And this was like, no, I'm actually really done. Like I'm done forever. And so having that focus and putting all my eggs in like one quit smoking basket <laughs> meant <laughs> that I could actually achieve it. Wait. You said you've tried many times before. So yeah. what would you say was different about this time? I think that I, I mean, every single time I was like, this is it. But this time I was like, no, this is really it. I think this time I had, I think I had a, like a real commitment to myself. Mm. Like an actual, we're, this is done. We're done. Like it, no more. Mm, and then because so I had that important. commitment- I was actually serious about getting the help I needed to get the coach and to get like read the book and read the resource and have it all at the same time. And then talk to people that had also quit smoking and quit joling and get like their – get their secrets on how they did it. Mm-hmm. 
It's hard. That commitment aspect is the most important thing. Mm. It's like, don't even tell yourself you're going to do something if you're not 100% committed. Mm. Wow. I never thought of it that way. I saw the same thing happening with hikers on the on the PCT. Like, I was 100% committed. I was like, I am doing this no matter how hard. Quitting is not an option. It's just not. It's just not a door I'm willing to open. And then I would meet people on the trail. And that's fine. If you're honest with yourself that you're just trying, that's fine. But uh, there's like this blurry space... Where someone says, yeah, I'm doing this. Like, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this. Uh, where you can feel like there's some self-doubt. Mm, like wavering. Yeah. That's so interesting. And could you feel it from them? Not always, but sometimes, yes. And sometimes, well, I mean, I don't want to tell people not to do things if they have doubts. That, that would be silly. Because sometimes you build the commitment as you go. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think your level of commitment is more important than any of the actions you take. Like, you could have taken, read the same books about smoking before on your previous attempts, and it would not have impacted you the same way because the commitment was not there. So it's not about like finding the best diet, finding the best book, finding the best. It's about how committed are you? It uh, uh, just reminded me of the... Uh, have you seen Moonrise Kingdom? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. <laughs> when, yeah. <laughs> when the girl goes, what kind of bird are you? <laughs> um, for those of you who don't see uh, the video, Sarah almost spat out <laughs> her drink. Uh, what, kind of, what kind of bird are you? Is How committed are you? Mm. And ask yourself. And like, if you're like, eh, I'm not quite committed like what's missing Mm. what do you think was missing for you when you were trying to quit smoking but the commitment wasn't there i think i still i think i still wanted to keep smoking (laughs) yeah yeah part of yeah the the gain what you got from smoking was still more important to you than what you would get from not smoking right yes And like looking at it now on the other side, I'm like, oh, smoking gave me like I would pull myself out and I would have a moment to myself multiple times throughout the day. It's almost like I was doing a feelings check-in, like I was Mm. taking a break, checking in with myself. It's a form of breath practice. Like you're you're actually controlling how you're breathing. Yep. And then it was a social aspect. So I love having one-on-ones with people. Like one-on-one is how I love to connect. Oh my, that's hilarious. I host a podcast. <laughs> Here we are connecting one-on-one. <laughs> Just put that together. But it would allow me to have these one-on-one connections with other smokers, which I loved. Like those were the moments at the party where I was like, this is the thing that I'm loving. Mm. And so if I, I – and, you know, before I was doing this work, and I took that all away from myself – and and I wasn't replacing it with anything. I wasn't replacing it with any of those feelings check-ins, having one-on-ones, making sure I was having one-on-one time, or like doing breath practice. Like I wasn't doing any of that. So of course they went back to smoking. That's so good. Yeah, it's not about the smoke. It was never about the smoking. It was about what it what became possible for you when you were smoking. But uh, then you you found different ways to fulfill those needs of yours. You're just reminding me to to breathe. <laughs> I, I forget sometimes. It's when, I'm a, 
when I'm giving presentations, I don't know what what I'm doing wrong with my breathing, but I always feel like I'm about to burp. So maybe I need an expert. <laughs> Take a deep breath. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm the same as you were. I, I love to connect one-on-one and at parties. I I want to be like in a deep conversation in, in the corner with someone. Yes. We don't need to smoke. We don't have to smoke to do that. No. But it was like the quickest way that my brain had figured out to do these things. My brain's so smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and that's, hold on, for everyone listening, that can apply to any of your needs. Like Sarah needed connection and she fulfilled that need by the smoking but then we can ask ourselves oh how could I fulfill that need differently in a way that serves me better Hmm. I love that because I think that parlays into like career choices partner choices (laughs) so many like the choices that we make every single day yeah 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 Yeah. and food choices too yeah and like I'm thinking about social media, for example, like all of us need a certain amount of recognition, significance. Mm. And if you're finding yourself being a bit too um, interested in your likes and your followers, that's a way to fulfill your need for significance. But maybe if you have a different way to fulfill your need for significance, then that worry is going to drop like if you make sure there's different ways to I don't know, like significant conversations maybe, or maybe you have a project that you work on every day, like writing your book, and it makes you feel like you're doing something significant, then you're not going to care as much about like vanity metrics. That's just another example. Yeah. Or even like, did I get included on that meeting or? Yeah. Did my mom call me back? Like, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's like you have to feed your soul in order to show up really well in all the areas. Yes, for sure. Like when your relationship with your soul is nourished, everything in your life goes better. Even people around you seem to change, I find. Yeah. Yeah. And what you said about like, did my mom call me back? Was I included in that meeting? It's never about the thing. It's never about the circumstance. It's about, oh, what need is being unmet here? And how can I give it to myself? Yeah. Or how can I ask for it? Yeah. (laughs) Marie, this conversation has been amazing. I've just really enjoyed speaking with you. Yes. It's all of this is so important. It's so important. I agree. And I think you're an incredible, incredible coach. Is there anything else that you want to share with listeners? Nothing specific that comes to mind except come visit me on my Instagram at selfgrowthnerds. If you're a self-growth nerd yourself, which I'm sure you are since you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. And you can also listen to my podcast with the same name, the self-growth nerds. Uh, Sarah, we'll have to I'll have to invite you to my podcast so we oh, can I would keep love that. talking. Yes. <laughs> keep going. I guess what comes to mind now as like last few words is my my logo for my podcast is a lemon because I love yellow. Sarah does love yellow as well. Love yellow. Because <laughs> it's I'm literally color. wearing yellow right now. <laughs> yeah, why do you why do you love yellow before I tell you why I love it? Oh, it's bright and fun and shiny and like warm. It just it makes me feel so happy like wearing it. Yes. It's like the color of friendship and possibilities. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I chose the lemon because when you're 
biting into a lemon, you like make a weird face. <laughs> and to me, that represents the discomfort of growth. Like if you want to grow and what I've found, I'm, okay, I'm getting scattered now, uh, but you'll see where I'm going. Many, many people write to me saying that they lack a sense of meaning in their life. I mean, we're in the meaning crisis right now. There's so much depression. But what brings meaning to your life is when you feel like you're growing and growing is not possible if you can't handle discomfort. So see the what I meant with the lemon. You need to learn to handle emotional discomfort, mostly, in order to grow. And that growth, that's super scary, but fear is like on the same, it's the, it's the same thing as excitement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And excitement makes your life feel more meaningful, like a quest, like we were saying in the beginning. Yeah, get comfortable with discomfort. And not with an ice bath, but with a lemon. I love that. We can choose how we get discomfort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go for the ice bath if that, if that lights you up. Yes. No judgment. Yes. But yes. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but also we're going to be sleeping in. We're having a hot shower. Then we'll have the lemon. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that lemon is just like a symbol for, you know – perhaps telling you having like a difficult conversation with a friend and you feel like all of your nervous nervous system lighting up and you're like oh I don't want to be doing this that's discomfort that's the lemon or like asking for what you want at work and not just take what you've been given but like stand up for your ideas and there's a part of you that's like oh I don't like feeling like this that's the lemon I love that. I'm going to put a lemon on the social media pics for this week. That's happening. Oh, yes. I'm Great. excited. Great. <laughs> but it's funny because like we're we're all here like having thoughts about the ice bats and I hiked for six months in the dirt and some people would be like, that's 10 times worse. Like that's a million times worse than an ice bath. hundred percent. crazy. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so we choose, we can choose our favorite kind of discomfort. Yes. Yes, I love that. I can yes, I I can choose a lime if I want to. <laughs> oh, you you can. Even um, what are they called? I have the French word pamplemousse in my mind. The pink one, grapefruit. The grapefruit. Yes, yes. The French word is so much more fun. So much more fun. I'm like, that's my favorite liqueur. I favor. I know. I know what that is. <laughs> Your favorite what flavor? LaCroix. Have you had LaCroix water? Oh, yes, yes, yes. My favorite is coconut. Oh, but, all, you know, all the names are in French everywhere. It's not just. I didn't realize. Yeah, it's not just in Montreal. All the LaCroix are in French, which is really sweet. Yeah, it's, uh, people call them LaCroix. Le exactly. But it's LaCroix. LaCroix. <laughs> I love that. Or if you're feeling real fancy, LaCroix. <laughs> That's the Midwest but, version. Yeah. I never heard that one. Yeah. It's good. I love that. <laughs> oh and when I lived in London, um, there's uh, a place called Pré à manger, but people called it Pret. Pret. <laughs> Pret-a-port. Yeah. Yeah. We know how to speak French. <laughs> oh, my Keep God. trying. Yeah, exactly. We'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. LaCroix. LaCroix. <laughs> Oh, Marie, thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. I really appreciate it. This has been a blast. Thank you. I loved it too. 
That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the Lit AF community, join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week.